Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail, where mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I am Gary Ware, your host, and today on the show, I have Jody Womack. Jody is the founder of the site No More Nylons, and she's also the co-founder of the site Get Momentum. Jody, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Really happy to be here. Awesome. Jody works with entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, and she helps them build their businesses by building their professional network. And I'm so excited to have Jody on the show to talk about that. Thanks so much. I love talking about this. This is my favorite thing. Great. Before we jump in to hear about your story and how you got to where you are, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about No More Nylons and Get Momentum? Sure thing. So No More Nylon started off because uh, my husband and I launched our own company and I thought, well, I'll be a good business owner and go to the traditional networking events. You know, there's morning ones and cocktail ones in the evening. And so I was going to all these and I'm not going to name names, but uh, they were dreadful. And this was about 2009 or so. And so the economy was really having a a tough time. I live in a small town of 8,000 people and I'd go to these networking events and All they were talking about is how the tourists aren't coming, nobody's shopping, nobody's eating out, and uh, nobody wanted to really try anything new or talk about what was working or what they could try. And I, I would come home really depressed and you know, not having made any friends or learned anything or or even felt the least bit better, you know. So I I found that I wasn't going to them anymore. So I thought, you know what I'll do is um I'll bring together about 12 or 13 girlfriends that all run their own companies. Everything, I invited everyone from massage therapists to my accountant and the lady who owns the local coffee shop and the bar, you know, and I I asked one of the local restaurants if we could have their banquet room. And she said, well, on one condition. And I was asking for free. So it was a big ask for me. It was, it made, it was a something that made me very nervous to do and i'm not quite sure why but you know rejection is never fun yeah she said you can have this room on one condition i was like okay yeah tell me and i you know i had a pen and i was ready to take notes and she said as long as i'm invited i said you're you're in so she and her daughter who run the restaurant came as well as about a dozen other folks and that was back in february of 2009 And uh, we just hit the ground running. And what was so sweet about it was people were saying, well, what's working for you? What have you tried? Are you on Facebook? Do you have a mailing list? What what do you find brings people in? And then I thought, oh, that was really fun and sweet. And we had a good time. And then I started getting emails and calls and saying, these the people who attended, these women said, could I bring my friend next time? She just moved to town and she has a this or that company. And I got a whole bunch of these and I thought, oh, next time. Yeah, there's got to be another one. <laughs> so it, it hadn't occurred to me to build a like a movement when I started. I just needed to do something. But it launched five years of monthly networking events here in our community. And then I also hosted them as I travel the world with my husband for doing corporate trainings. And I've done them in London and New York and Zurich and Cleveland and all kinds of fun places around. And what I find is people are just so hungry to connect to people, have a good time, be real. Uh, the, The tagline for the women's business socials is snooty ladies not allowed and that really came about because 
I didn't want it to be pretentious or, you know, posturing about like how successful everybody was. It, I really want people to come, be themselves, have a good time and learn something. That is great. And yeah, I, I agree that sometimes we get caught up in our own, whatever we're doing. We just need to break out and we need to talk to other people and we'll be surprised. Other people are probably facing a lot of the same challenges that we are. And yeah, it's great to just connect with people. Yeah, and I actually run my company from a home office. And so I find it's really good for me to get out of the house. Uh, I I know we were talking before about beverages and you know I get up and out in the morning and go to the coffee shop every day. And it's not so much for the coffee, but it gets me up and dressed and out in the world. I talk to people, I hear, I listen to what people are complaining about or what they're excited about. And I bring all of that back in to my work that day. And it helps me when I'm blogging. It helps me when I'm doing interviews. You know, I have fresh new material. Um, I think working from home is fabulous. You know, there's so many perks, but it also, you miss out on some of the social interactions. So it's really important to do that either officially at a networking event or just casually as you get out in the world and and talk and listen and initiate some of those conversations. That brings up the next point. It wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without discussing what you're drinking. So what are you drinking this afternoon, Jody? My good old water. Awesome. It's a day treat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am as well. Uh, I am drinking water. I'm trying to drink at least three or four of these 33-ounce bottles. Cheers. Yeah, exactly. And in case you didn't realize by listening to Jody's name, she is the the better half of Jason Womack, who was on episode seven. And I like to thank Jason for introducing me to Jody to have her on the show today. So let's jump into your story. Um, so now we know where you are. Can you just take us back and take us um, just on a journey on how you got started in being an entrepreneur? Sure thing. I think it comes from not knowing what you want to be when you grow up. And I'm 43 and super happy to you know share that. But uh, I was never one of those kids that knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. And even in college, I majored in environmental studies, which pretty much could mean anything you wanted it to be. I like being outside. I like traveling. So I've always tried to incorporate these quality of life aspects into my career. But it's um, not so linear. And I think that's a really good thing. And especially for your audience, they're probably not the traditional linear, you know, I know exactly what I want to be and exactly the path to get there. And I'm really grateful for it. I think having a lot of jobs and a lot of experiences has just made it made me better at what I do now, which is a lot of a lot of different things, writing, speaking, traveling, logistics, operations, you know, there's a a lot to do when you run your own business. And just jumping into the specifics. So you and Jason, you guys both run Get Momentum. How did you guys decide that's exactly what you guys wanted to do? So we've been doing corporate trainings for about nine years now, and that's fantastic. And we also find there's lots of people who also want to keep getting better at what they do, but they don't have a work environment that supports them either with a training budget or, you know, bringing people in, you know, and there are people both that run their own companies as well as employees that know 
that more is coming. They got to get better. They got to get more organized. They got to figure out the technology. They have to figure out how to be better managers of their time and of people and that sort of thing. And so what we did was we took the corporate trainings that we were doing inside companies and we made an online learning program so that people could opt in, learn at their own pace. We have live webinars. We do interviews as well. And we do all of this to give people that self-paced learning uh, resource that is just so popular. And, you know, we have people now from about, uh, I think, eight different countries from all over the world and uh, 15 states from around the U.S. And we just find that there's so many folks that need and want and are so hungry to keep learning and have someone curate that content so that they're only getting the best. And I found with a lot of online learning that there's so much that sometimes it can be very overwhelming and for me, when I get overwhelmed, I just don't do anything. You know, that's <laughs> that's kind of like, oh, shut down. Time to feed the dog or take a walk or eat. You know, like somehow yeah. I get distracted. And so we take one leadership theme a month and do a deep dive into that. So networking is one of those modules that's coming up. And we'll talk about all different ways to do business networking and build your, your professional network so that you can help grow your business or grow your professional career. Gotcha. And that's a good segue into our topic of networking. You mentioned that you like to use the phrase, be seen, be heard, be hired. Can you tell our audience a little bit just on, in your opinion, the importance of networking, why should we be networking? Well, what happens is people spend so much of their time and their resources, their money, their effort in making something. And then especially, you know, writers, they love, they write, they edit, they, you know, rewrite, they do all this great stuff, but then nobody knows about it. You know, and so this networking, I, I like to think of it in three different parts. You can network in person, in print and online. And most people now think about networking is, you know, how many fans and friends and followers do you have? But uh, there's something about interweaving the in-person and online, because once you know somebody in person, now all of a sudden the, the relationship up levels, you know, there's something more happening and you, you can ask more of people to share it with their networks or, you know, be hired. Letting people know what you do is a big part of being an entrepreneur. And I think it's one of those parts that people don't love. You know, it's the sales and um, marketing of yourself. And when you're marketing yourself, it's it's tricky. You got to really just love it and practice it. And networking is one of those ways where once you go to a networking event, you have, you know, 25 to 50 maybe chances to talk about yourself and introduce yourself. And I like to think of it as a practice ground, not a perfection ground, but practice. It's a chance to, you know, test out new taglines or test out what people are really hungry to hear more about. That is such a good point. I never really thought of it like that at practice ground, because you're right. It's, just because you went to one networking event and maybe you put something out there and it didn't go exactly as you hoped, you know, that's not the end of be all. Take that as right. a learning and yeah, use it to improve it. And I bet you've been there where you've introduced yourself and you say, oh, I help people write their blog. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, wow, that really fell flat. Yes. You know, but if you say, oh, I help people tell their stories so that people want to share it and come together, it's like, really? How do you do that? You know, it's like, oh, okay, I'm on to something, you know? So I always say before you get business cards and splash it all over your website and put it all over your social network profiles and all that practice, tell people, does it, 
Is it an attraction? Do people ask you more about it and ask you questions? That's a really good sign. And if you get that, oh, wonder where the bathroom is, you know, like, you know, yeah. when you get that reaction in a networking event, it's like, oh, that's, that's not what I want to be saying anymore. And um, there are ways to spice up things, even the most dry, you know, topics available. There are ways to make it more hu- humanized, you know. So it's a, it's an ongoing focus group. Yes. Yeah. And it's live, live data. You know, you get immediate response. This work, this was engaging or wow, dead air, crickets, nothing. Time to, time to try something new. Gotcha. And so you talk about in print, online and in person. And I feel a lot of times with social media and things like that, we spend too much time online. So for someone that may be looking to network in person, can you give us some tips on where they can get started, how they can find some people to connect with? Sure. Um, so there's official networking, like, you know, you think about the meetings that meet once a week, once a month, that sort of thing. Uh, and then there's also casual interactions as you're meeting, you're standing in line at coffee or the bookshop or the post office, and you just happen to talk to people around you. All of that is networking. I actually once met a woman while I was skiing on vacation and we had to take the uh, the lift up to the top. And so that was about eight minutes together with a stranger. And by the time we got to the top, we exchanged business cards and uh, she, she ran the whole resort and was open to hosting women's business socials there. And so for me, number one, it's a mindset. Number two, a great idea to, is to use your online connections before you go out and meet people in person. So I know conferences, it really helps me to follow on Twitter because a lot of people will be posting and hashtagging and that sort of thing and find out who's going to be there ahead of time and introduce yourself. And it may seem funny, but it's actually easier online to do that for me anyways. It's like, hey, I see you're going to this conference. I'm going to be there too. Maybe we can meet up for coffee before the second day, you know, when everybody's there. Um, Part of what makes networking happen is taking the initiative. Uh, I know it's much easier to be asked than to do the asking. That's, I mean, just think about dating, you know, it's, uh, it's much easier to be sit around and wait to be asked, but taking initiative will give you the upper hand. And I find that gives me the the comfort of picking the time and the place and the location that I actually, that works for me. When you set the date, do it somewhere where you want to meet. I have this thing now where I have, I have girlfriends that, you know, with kids and life and they're not always on time. And I've learned to set the date in a place where I I'm comfortable meeting alone. And I no longer say, Oh, let's meet on the corner and then we'll walk there together. It's like, (laughs) Oh no, Oh no, no. I'll be inside the bar, inside the coffee shop. I'll be there. Come find me. And I know that I'm going to be okay and comfortable even if they're late. Awesome. In in your previous statement, you had two really good points and I want to dig deeper into a few of those. The first is going to events and utilizing online as a place to sort of break the ice. I I feel too many, like myself included, sometimes I go to an event, especially if I don't know anyone. um, It's just that much more intimidating to go up to someone. But just there's something about online and using that as a way to break the ice. That's that's really great. I have a couple of things that I do, and it's just my personality. I sit in the front row or as close to the front as I can. And I find people who sit in the front rows, 
always sit in the front row. You know what I mean? And, and so you start to meet people over and over and over. There's a software conference that I go to every year and it has about, um, 1500 people that show up. So it's, it's large, big Vegas kind of conference center, but I sit in the front row. And by the end of the three days, I know all the people around me. It's about a dozen people. And I also, I'm tweeting and hashtagging and doing all that kind of stuff. And people will come up to me and say, Oh, I, I just saw you tweet. I'm so-and-so, you know, and then we do the connection online. And, and so it's just this little bridge. It's like having a friend in common, you know? So if you're both on Twitter, that's something that'll help out. Same thing when I go, um, to local events and if they have a panel that's speaking on a business topic or something, I look up all the speakers on LinkedIn. Definitely use the tools that you're already on. That'll really help you. And it's like having a friend introduce you. It's like, hey, I see you're gonna be on the panel. I'm coming, I'm really looking forward to hearing you speak. Maybe we can have a cup of coffee afterwards. Let me know if you're available. You know, And I've learned to just get comfortable doing that invitation. I wasn't brought up that way. I'm not naturally an extrovert, but I find that a lot of times people that come to be a speaker because I'm a speaker quite a bit, they're there alone, you know? So they would love to have someone take them to lunch or meet them afterwards for drinks or, you know, it's really good to take people off the pedestal and and just know that they're human beings too. They're at a big conference they may be super tired, but you know, everybody's there for a reason. And if you go in with the intentions, like my goal is to meet actual people, not just collect business cards. I'm a big, I'm very wary of business cards. I think you should have them and I think you should trade them, but only trade them with people that you actually think you're going to follow up with. Um, I've gone to, in the beginning, I used to go and I'd come home with, you know, stacks and stacks of business cards. And then wonders like, what do I do with them? Who are they? What did we even talk about? You know, so now when I get a business card, it's like, do you want to stay in touch? Do you want me to send you that thing? Do you, you know, I have a special report. I have a a video I think you'd really like and vice versa. If I've asked them to introduce me to someone or, or send me something about their company and then, you know, I'll take their, their business card and I will write on it, you know, send link to video and I write myself a note because I know my attention span and my memory. By the time I get home two days later, if I'm sitting on the plane processing my inbox, you know, it's like I need every hint I can get to to remember what I promised because that's part of uh, your reputation is doing what you said you would do, especially when you're starting a new relationship. That's really important. Exactly. Want to dive deeper into, so you built your network. Um, can you give our audience some tips on ways that they can utilize it? Because it's not just a trade, you know, we're not just collecting business cards or collecting people. You know, these are, should be people that we would want to, you know, either reach out and provide services for or connect with. So can you give us some tips on, on how we can utilize our network? Yeah. My first goal is always to help. How can I help them? And I know it sounds a little cheesy saying like, oh, how can I help you? Because it, it puts this awkward hierarchy in place, but I'm always thinking like, oh, they're just starting off. Who else do I know in that position? Or who do I know in that community? Who do I know in my LinkedIn network that I could connect them to? And that's just a really nice, generous way to start off. And I'm very selective with it. I don't do it for everyone. And I don't, you know, I don't make promises that I won't keep. So it's, it's good because it works on me. Like who, do I know who can support this person if it's not me? 
And I really like connecting my network because the more my network knows each other and they're all, you know, working together and, and the more we can describe what it is that someone else does, the better off the whole group is. And the more likely somebody will say, oh, you need to talk to Jody. She handles that. She's really, you know, you just call her. It'll be done. And that's that's the kind of marketing I love is when someone else is endorsing me. That is great. It reminds me of uh, in Jason's book, he when he talks about building your team, you and your network, he mentions, I believe, like if you were looking for something to talk about, um, you know, ask them, well, what are they looking to get out of? Because, yeah, if you can help someone else, that's almost like the law of reciprocity where they're more willing to help you out. Yeah. And it you get to know people super fast in doing the women's business socials. What I learned was so many times it wasn't business support that people really needed. They needed help with childcare or elder care. They needed um, technology support, you know, so you really get to know somebody and what their situation is when you, when you have real conversations. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the elevator pitch um, because I don't talk to people in 30 second bursts, you know, big commercials. Um, you know, I say, hi, who, how are you? What are you working on? That's fun these days. Where are you traveling to next? And people love talking about themselves when it's genuine. That's yeah. what I'm really looking for is genuine conversations. Because once I know you and care about you, it's like, oh, you're in, let's do this. How, yeah. how do I help? Yeah, that's great. And if I could just summarize what we talked about thus far, just to give our listeners some bite-sized little points. I believe you, one of the big things you talked about is be present because you never know when you're going to be in a situation where you could either help someone or meet someone that you can potentially network with. Uh, Be open to helping people. Um, You know, that should be first, you know, how can you provide value to someone else? Um, Also curate. Don't seek out to meet everyone because you're building your reputation and you don't want to give promises that you can't um, keep up with. And also you don't want to come home with a stack of business cards that months down the road, you're going to, who are these people? Is that a good sort of summary of what we talked about? That is a good one. Yeah. May be intentional with your connections, follow up and say, do what you say you're going to do. And, and the more fun you have, the more likely you'll be meeting people that you enjoy being with. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's the, the other thing is, be a human, just your quirks at all. Just, just go straight in. And yeah, I know they say, Oh, work on your elevator pitch. But I know for me that that doesn't work when I feel like I'm doing that. Like, I don't feel like myself. And then I feel that comes across as like, who is that guy? Oh yeah. People, you can tell when somebody's saying something that they've memorized and maybe <laughs> it rhymes. It's like, Ooh, no, thank you. You know, but if you can genuinely say, Oh, I help folks, you know, new business owners get their networking up and running. It's like, oh, tell me more. Is that on LinkedIn or Facebook or where are you using? It's like, we're having a genuine, real conversation as normal human beings, not as tweets or as commercial 30-second <laughs> ads, you know. And that's what's really fun. I, For me, the what helps me with the sustainability and the longevity of being in business is how do I make it fun? How do I make it something I want to be doing more of? Because I'll tell you, willpower is only will only get you so far. And then as soon as things get really hard or you get sick or something in life happens, uh, if it's not fun and engaging and something you want to be doing, you won't do it. Right? Or I should say, I don't do it. Um, I am always trying to do things where, you know, conferences that I want to go to, connecting to people I want to see, um, 
following up with folks online, you know, staying in touch. I travel quite a bit. And so one of the things I do is I use my online networks to let my friends in those cities know I'm coming to town. So it's not just about collecting business cards or collecting fans, followers, and friends online, but actually stay engaged, do something to help them and also let them know if there's something they can do to help you. And that brings me to my next point that I would like to get um, some wisdom from you is, all right, so you've been curating your network, you've been providing value where needed. Now it's your turn. Now you either have something, either you're looking for a job or you're looking for some sort of business opportunity. Can you give our listeners some tips on how they can uh, tap into their network to get what they're looking for? Sure. And maybe this has happened to some of your listeners and, and people that watch your videos, but have you ever gotten an email or a, a note online from someone out of the blue that you haven't talked to in years asking you to help them get a job? It's awkward, right? It's it's really like, who is this person? <laughs> you never returned my first invitation, but now you need something and now you're here. So my encouragement is to be building relationships all the time. Contribute before you need something. But when you do, when it is time to ask, I prefer one-on-one -on -one approach. I know with, with technology now, you can spread your message far and wide into thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, but that's what it feels like. So for me, when there's an ask, I find a way to do it one-on-one. -on -one. And I send a message like, do you have time for a 10 minute call on Tuesday? You know, I'm, I'm looking to grow my business in this field where you are, and I would love to ask you some questions on how I can best promote myself there. So number one is don't assume you can have people's time, ask them for it. Number two, be super specific. There's nothing worse when, than when someone says, oh, Jody, I can't wait to catch up. But really what they want to do is pitch me. And it's kind of that bait, mm -hmm. bait switch, and it, it feels awful. And that's not what you want to do to your prospects or your friends. You know, if you say, I'm looking for new career opportunity, do you have time to talk about that? I have some questions that I, I really think you could help me with. That's a compliment. Me saying, oh, I can't wait to see you, Gary, and catch up. That's misleading. You know what I mean? If you, you don't tell them why it's coming. And so for me, it gives people a chance to do some thinking before I get there. I'm not putting anybody on the spot and I'm super specific in how they can help. Yeah. Why do you think people do that? Yeah. Cause you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I've been, and sometimes I do that too. And so I'm trying to be more mindful, but yeah, you get that and they have something, but why do you think that they don't come right out and say it? I think they're nervous and they're awkward and they're in a, in a vulnerable position. And trust me, I've been there. I've, my heart goes out to folks when they get laid off. I was laid off twice when I worked in corporate America. It's a very powerless place to, to come from, you know, it's like everything you took for granted and, and thought was your normal definition of who you are is now gone. And so it's like not wanting people to know that that's what's happening. Um, and I'm getting better at asking people now, especially, you know, when I can kind of tell it's like, oh, I have an opportunity I want to discuss <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, why don't you tell me what that opportunity is now? And I, cause I know it's a sales pitch. There's, there's a big ask coming. Yes. And, um, I don't like to, I don't like to uh, do that to people because that's the end of the relationship. Yeah. Now 
I know that you're only using me to get something. Yeah. Or you see me in a certain way. Uh, but I do business all the time with people I like because I know and I trust them. But I'm always up front. It's like, I, I want to introduce you to this person or I would love an introduction to the head of your corporate training department. Would you feel comfortable doing that? And I could write up a, a two-sentence bio about what my service is and how I think it could help your community. Yeah. And it's a yes, no. You have the, I've given you the opportunity to say, no, I'm not in a position at work to do that right now. And if they say no, it's okay. Yeah. And so now we've, re- we've preserved our relationship. We can go on because I've honored you and that you have a reputation and a life and maybe details that I don't know about. Uh, and I'm not assuming anything. So assuming is really where you get in tr- big trouble. Yeah. And sometimes you have to take risks. And so to sum up this, these are some awesome little nuggets that I feel everyone should be utilizing when they're networking is first and foremost, keep in contact with your network. Uh, You don't want to catch them out of the blue. And, and next be specific. If you're not, if you're vague, it may be misleading and that can really ruin your relationship. And again, people do business with people that they like. So don't worry about um, you know, just put yourself out there. And if you're vulnerable, you're vulnerable, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, it gets easier. Remember that the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Uh, and one other idea I had, I did an interview of a friend of mine where he gamified it. He moved to a new town and his goal was to meet a hundred new business people in that city. He moved to Portland, Oregon. And what was so fun was he emailed me directly and said, I noticed on LinkedIn, you know, these three business people in the city of Portland, I've just moved there. Would you feel comfortable introducing me? Uh, I'm not looking for an endorsement of my work. I would just like to meet other business professionals in my region. Would you feel comfortable? And it was so much fun. And he said within six months, he met his goal of meeting 100 new people. And he did it by maintaining the relationships with existing people that he already knew. I felt really good about introducing him. And uh, it was a way for me to reach out to people that I hadn't been in contact to for, for a while. So, you know, you can make up games if that helps you reaching a goal of a certain number or uh, I'm working on doing introductions now. Like how do I introduce really significant, savvy, fabulous people within my network to one another and let them know why I think they should know each other. So that's that makes it more of a game and I don't have a specific business outcome that I have expertise you know, expecting from it. But I think by me being the introduction hub, it'll grow my network and my uh, influence along the way. Exactly. And that is such a, yeah, gamify things. Yeah. Games are fun. And again, it goes back to fun and, and enjoyment. And yeah, if you're not having fun and enjoying what you do, it's work and no one really likes doing work. So yeah. How can we make things fun? You're already doing so much. Make it fun. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I really want to highlight that you kept saying that is awesome is when you make these requests, you say, do you feel comfortable? Because it gives the other person on the other end an out. Mm -hmm. And we've all been there where someone asked for something, but we have our own politics going on or there's something, you know, a little shaky in the relationship with the boss or the... 
and it's an awkward position. And now I have to tell a friend no or make up a story or, you know, I'm all about simplifying that and giving people graceful ways of backing out of things because I would rather maintain our relationship than do a big ask and then not have you as a, as a resource, as a friend, as a person that I can call on on the future. Um, I, I see this network of people around me as my livelihood and my future in my business. That's great. And these are all awesome things. And we are running low on time. So we're going to jump into the lightning round just to learn a little bit more about Jody and how she ticks. So the first question, Jody, is when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a dolphin trainer. I thought that would be the greatest job in the world to play with dolphins all day. I think that's, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> um, I live, well, we both live by the ocean and every now and then I'm, I'm blessed by seeing dolphins and that, yeah, that would be a cool job. That always feels like a lucky day. You know, when you see dolphins in the wild ocean, it's like, ah, something good is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. What hobbies do you have or what do you like to do for fun? I really like traveling and I didn't know that that was a hobby, but I found that since I was about a teenager, I've found uh, ways to travel, work, do all that kind of thing. I got to go to Bora Bora once as a uh, I called it a Sherpa, but I was uh, an assistant to a design, the person in charge of wardrobe. So I basically carried things on the beach and fetched water for models and, and did all kinds of things. And I found that uh, being clear in what I love, like travel and connecting to people has helped guide me along the way to have some really fabulous adventures. That's great. You do have a specialty in productivity. So do you have any techniques that help you stay organized? <laughs> um, I keep a lot and that may sound funny. I have found ways for online storage because I find what feels unorganized is when I'm looking for something and can't find it. So if I throw too much out, I might not be able to find it. So archiving things is super important. Getting big boxes, also super important. Uh, and every once in a while, saying no to things helps me stay organized in what is on course. And I, I think that's a, kind of the irony because in business, saying yes is where all the new things come from. And saying no can actually really help keep you on course for what your purpose is. I agree. It's in improv, as I mentioned before, it's all about saying yes. And I feel when it's important or okay to say no is in situations where it doesn't align with what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. How do you stay inspired? Do you work from home and, and are there any things that you like to frequently read or anything to help you stay inspired? You know, I love TED Talks. I find that they, I don't watch all the business ones. Sometimes I love the arts and the science and the people who study bugs and the stars and things like that. It's like just knowing that there are people that have followed super freaky, you know, hobbies or interests makes me know that there's, there's some place for everyone and uh, sharing those sharing those in, insightful and inspiring conversations, just knowing that what seems impossible uh, isn't. And there's somebody out there that has figured out a way to make things happen. That's great. If you had a soundtrack to your life and you had to pick three that would be included, what three songs would you pick? Oh my, I, 
I actually would pick nature tracks. I love listening to birds. I live in this small town in Southern California, and I listen to quail and hummingbirds in the morning. And we've had a whole bunch of uh, juvenile hawks lately. <laughs> so they're, they're real noisy and call to their parents for food and help all the time. So uh, I would listen to, to nature soundtracks. Yeah, I find that it's soothing. I recently, because I live in the city and there's something about yeah, being in nature that is just soothing. And I recently got an app that just plays just nature ambient sounds. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. When I travel, I actually have um, a file called Sleepy Time Music. And it's just that waves. And sometimes they throw in the heartbeat or, you know, like just soothing sounds. And, you know, if you're starting to travel for your company or for launching your own business sort of thing, um, any kind of routine that you can practice at home that you can also do then on the road is a really nice uh, technique to make that transaction a little easier. I know starting to sleep on planes and having to sleep in strange, you know, hotels and that sort of thing can be disruptive, especially if you're a light sleeper. So starting uh, to do those practices uh, really helps out along the way. That's great. Are there any books that have helped push you forward, shape who you are? Sure thing. Two of my favorite books of all time. Uh, number one, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Yeah. That's the one that will just inspire you and open your heart or that's how what it did for me i read that one and i actually have it on audio and i love to listen to that on long road trips and funny enough the second one is um atlas shrugged written by ann rand in the 50s i think She's a woman from russia just really strong opinions about communism and wrote i wasn't a big history buff uh, and I wish I would have read this book when I was a kid because she takes all the isms, capitalism, yeah. communism, socialism, and she personifies them. So her story is basically describing the world systems and what makes them work and what doesn't, what their characteristics are. And it was one of the best business training books. And, and you know, she has some big, long rants about money and work and being in your integrity that I've ever read. So I listen to that one probably every five to seven years. It's long. It's about 40 or 50 hours in auto audio. It is a yeah. big, big key book, but those two have influenced me. And I find that I like going back to them every once in a while that I just love that inspiration to keep me going. Gotcha. All right. Two more uh, questions here for you. Sure. Uh, do you have a quote or affirmation that you like to live by? Mine is, take care of yourself so you can help take care of others. And I think where that comes from is we're encouraged, especially women to help take care of everybody. And it's a very noble concept, but I don't think we get that training to take care of ourselves. And really when you're depleted or broke or depressed, it's hard to be there for everyone else. And so really learning to take care of yourself first so that you're full uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, all of those things, if you're giving all the time, you will come to a place at some point where you have nothing left to give. And then you're, you're now in a dangerous position. So I'd like to encourage people, you know, what self-care activities are you going to do? Is that getting more sleep? Is that quiet time? Is that saying no? Uh, there's quite a bit that we can all do to help take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. That's great. And then the last one is, if you can give our audience 
One easy tip, one thing that they can do right away that will help them get clarity, um, define their passion and live an awesome life. What would that be? Oh, there are so many. Um, <laughs> do things, take initiative. I think uh, too often we sit and wait for someone to call on us. You know, oh, I hope the client calls. And that's really backwards thinking. Take the initiative, make some phone calls, meet people once a week, build your network, do something where you're the one initiating it and taking action, and then learn from that, grow from that, improve from that. That's really, that's what I'd say. Great. And these are all great stuff. And Jody, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You've given so much awesome advice that I know our audience is just going to eat up. And before we let you go, if you can just let our audience know a little bit more about how they can get in touch with you. I do free networking tips every day or every week. You can sign up at nomorenylons.com. I would love to send them to you and they are short and sweet and you can do the ones you want and delete the rest. And also the getmomentum.co program. It's a monthly membership program where you can learn at your own pace and learn the leadership and business topics that you're most interested in. So I invite you to check that out as well. And for everyone listening, you can find all this information. We're going to include links to all these things in the show notes at BreakthroughCocktail.com. And Jody, thanks again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Gary. Great. And for everyone else, until next time, stay awesome. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.BreakthroughCocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.